Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Up next, how loud John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 At long last, we finally arrived at the 2020 election. No more waiting. No more predicting. Well, except for today, because it's Monday, the day before the election. It's time for Americans to vote, which they have in record numbers already. Today, I discuss everything you need to know about the choice before us. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. I've got a big show for you today. In just a few minutes, I'm going to speak to the one and only Speaker Newt Gingrich about the 2020 election and what comes next. But first, I want to thank my listeners. It's been officially one month on air and the numbers have been massive. So I want to thank every one of you who continue to tell your friends and family about Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell and share the show. I also want to thank you for following me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Gianno Caldwell. If you haven't followed me yet, please do so right now. In addition to that, I know that there's been a lot that has gone on this year. We've come through COVID and we are actually still in a pandemic. We've come through riots and looting. We've come through um, uh, protests about racial justice, which I think are very important protests. And now we're at the forefront of what's going to be a very new year and potentially a new administration. I'm hoping that President Trump is going to stay in office personally. His policies have been very beneficial to me. I'll be very honest with you. But now we have a choice. That choice is, do we go with Joe Biden or Donald Trump? And honestly speaking, I think a lot of you are going to choose Donald Trump, not because you're listening to me and I'm a conservative, but because you recognize the value that has been added to your life by way of those particular policies. I can never understand why a guy would run for office, and I'm talking about Joe Biden, and say, I'm going to raise your taxes. It was reported that over 450,000 businesses have failed since the beginning of the pandemic. It makes no sense to even imagine the pain that many families are going through right now, those who can't provide for their 
their children, those who can't send their kids to schools because schools are closed in some of these states. The fact that in a state that I lived in during the pandemic, and I'm talking about California, where they shut everything down around me, so I had to escape to Florida. I can't imagine the pain that so many of you may be going through at this time. But now we have a choice. We can either go with four years of prosperity and hopefully get the economy back on track and move forward, as we've seen last week with the, the GDP growth, things are changing and finally getting back to where we were. Or we can raise your taxes and maybe add more regulation and see a transition of the oil industry, as Joe Biden said in his final debate. I think the choice for many people will be clear. And the choice for me is already clear. And I got a, another interest when I talk about the presidential election. I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day about this race, and she was informing me that she doesn't like Donald Trump, which I knew she didn't like him to begin with. She's independent, but she's liberal. But she wants to see Donald Trump win. Why? Because she's African-American and she believes the Democratic Party have taken for granted the African-American community for far too long. Donald Trump has invested in the black community. We can talk about policy measures like the First Step Act, Opportunity Zones, funded for historically black colleges. We can talk about the platinum plan that he's looking to implement if he's reelected. We can talk about all of those great things that he's done. And to me, although I don't like some of the things that he says or does personally, I think he says some things that are insensitive. I don't like everything that he tweets. So he's not going to be my favorite in terms of kindness and being a nice and gentle person. Not at all. But when it comes to policies, I'd rather have that over the rhetoric of the Democratic Party, which have often said all the right things, but never have delivered. I like that moment in a debate where Trump was asking Joe Biden, you've been around for 47 years. Why didn't you do any of these things then? <laughs> Why didn't you do it as eight years as vice president, Joe? Why didn't you do any of those things? And he honestly didn't. He didn't have an answer to it because that's what we've become accustomed to. All talk and no action. But I think if there's enough black voters that actually support Donald Trump, and I really believe that there is an underbelly of individuals who've had enough with the Democratic Party, whether they like Donald Trump or not. If there's enough of those folks, significant enough, all of a sudden, instead of black folks just going to the Democratic Party just because that's what we're used to doing, now you have a community that two parties, Democrats and Republicans, are fighting over your vote year after year. And at this point, they both have to deliver. They both have to say, this is what I'm offering. What do you think? Instead of, oh, Republicans are racist, you should just vote for me, which is one of the stupidest things that you can imagine people saying right now. And it's a dishonest statement. So I want to tell everybody this is the day before election, no matter who you vote for, because I know I have some liberal listeners as well. I know because you guys message me on Twitter and also DM me on Instagram. Whoever you vote for, just get out and vote, but know what you're voting for. Look at the histories of both candidates. Turn off the news and actually read about them. Don't be told what there is about those candidates. 92% of the media is negative against Trump. I understand it. I get that. Just read what is really there. Understand what Joe Biden is really saying when he says we're going to do a transition when it comes to the oil industry. 
We have to have a clear eye view of what we're voting for. But at the end of the day, just vote. That's the most important thing. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Newt Gingrich represented Georgia's 6th District in the U.S. Congress for 20 years and served as the Speaker of the House from 1995 to 1999. Speaker Gingrich was also a Republican presidential candidate in 2012, so he knows what running for president is all about. Today, the Speaker is not only chairman of Gingrich 360, a full-service American consulting, education, and media production company, but also the executive producer of this show, that is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell, and the Gingrich 360 Network. He's featuring exciting new conservative voices, very young folks, bringing different ideas to the conservative movement. He's also a best-selling author, and his most recent book is Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. Mr. Speaker, it's certainly an honor to have you on the show, and thank you for believing in my talents. Seeing the numbers have been looking very good, so I hope that you're very happy with what I've been doing. Now, just to jump in, of course, we're one day before the election, and I am so intrigued to know, what are your predictions, Mr. Speaker? I say before I get to the election that I'm very excited by how you have really grabbed this, moved with it, got both great talent, but also great conversations with that great talent. I think you're at the beginning of a long and very successful career, helping Americans explore themselves, discover themselves, and come together in ways that's very different from most of what we currently have in the podcast world. So it's a great honor for us at Gingrich 360 to have this kind of a relationship and to have some small role uh, in helping bring out what I think will be a national and ultimately international talent uh, that people will look forward to for many years to come. So I'm delighted to be with you and to go to your question. Uh, what a blessing to get those words, those warm words for you, Mr. Speaker, from you, Mr. <laughs> Speaker. Thank you. Sure. No, I'm, I mean it. I've been watching your development and I think you, you got the rhythm. You, you have a sense of what this is all about. I would just say, and we'll know in 24 hours whether I got it right, I think that Trump will win. I think some states will be pretty close, but I think the weight of his organization and the level of positive energy, there, there isn't much positive energy for Biden. There's a lot of anti-Trump energy for Biden, but there's not much, gee, I can't wait to go vote for Joe. There's a fair number of people say, I can't wait to go vote against Trump. That's a different issue. And so my guess is that Trump will, I'm just going to go way out on a limb, and we can have a, do another, if I'm totally wrong, we'll do another podcast later on about <laughs> painfully learned lessons. But I think he's probably going to win with 326 electoral votes. I think that he has begun to consolidate. And the people, the way I describe it, you have a bunny rabbit who's hiding in a basement. And you have a bear who's stalking around the country, talking to crowds of 12, 15, 20,000 people. This is a dangerous world. And when you really get down to it, that the, the true anti-Trump voters already decided they're not even part of the campaign. They're going to go vote no and try and vote for Biden out of default. But everybody who has not yet made their mind up, that there's a reason that they can't quite bring themselves to be for Biden. And I think it's because in a world that's really dangerous, having a bunny rabbit who hides in the basement, it's just not a sense of security. And while Trump has some rough edges, the fact is he is like a bear. He's courageous. He's aggressive. He may make mistakes, but they're mistakes leaning forward 
and trying to get things done. And I think the, the sheer contrast between these, you know, entire days where where Biden goes off and Biden ends up seeing five or 10 or 15 people or days where Biden does nothing and they announce at nine o'clock in the morning that they have a lid on it because he ain't doing nothing. He did. He had five out of six days just before the last debate where he didn't do anything. You can't be president one day out of six. And I think people who have not already decided that they are going to vote against Trump are almost all of them going to end up voting for Trump. And that's exactly what happened in 2016 when all the people who couldn't stand Hillary but really weren't quite sure that they wanted Trump, when they got down to the last day or two, they said, okay, uh, I'd much rather take the risk of Trump than have Hillary. Uh, And I think the same thing's happening here. If they were going to be for Biden, they're basically almost all there now. And the ones who aren't there are are wavering and, and feel deeply that there's something so profoundly wrong with Biden that even if they don't like Trump, they can't vote for Biden. And those folks, I think, will overwhelmingly break for Trump, which is exactly what happened four years ago when people who made their mind up the last three weeks overwhelmingly made their mind up for Trump over Hillary. And my prediction is you'll see exactly the same thing this trip. That's a great point, Mr. Speaker. Let's continue the conversation on the other side of the break. First, here's a word from our sponsor. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's interesting, you said, and we're one day before the election, but you said undecideds. That's interesting. One day before the election, you think there's still people who are undecided. And and this is a two-pronged question here. You mentioned three, what was it, 326 electoral votes? I'm interested in knowing what you believe the Trump path to victory is. I think this will sound silly. The path to victory is to get more votes. (laughs) (laughs) Through which Uh, states, though, is what I'm referring to from the Electoral College. uh, I think you can basically run the table. He has an outside chance, which I don't totally believe in, picking up one one vote in Maine because the Maine, like Nebraska, has a provision where each congressional district has a vote. Last time Trump got that vote, this time I'm not convinced, but he might. But So that's one I'd put off to one side. I think that he will carry Pennsylvania. I think he'll carry North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, North and South Dakota. I think Minnesota, for the first time since 1972, wow. is going to become Trump. I think that the combination of the violence in the cities and the degree to which everybody outside the cities is just alienated from the Democrats and sees the Democrats. If you're a San Francisco radical, Kamala Harris, There is a place which is, I think it's called Red Hat, Minnesota, which has a uh, bakery which has every four years had the two candidates in cookies. And they have consistently, I think that since 1972, they've picked the winning candidate based on the number of cookies sold. And this year, as of, I guess it's Red Wing, not Red Hat, in Red Wing, Minnesota, this year, so far, as of about last Thursday, there was 10,000 Trump, 3,000 Biden. So I know that sounds childish, but it's probably real. I think Wisconsin is a dogfight. There's an absurd recent Washington Post poll that said that Biden was 17 points ahead in Wisconsin. That is totally impossible. It would be the equivalent of suggesting that there will be uh, 12 dinosaurs <laughs> walking down the street in Madison. It's just not possible. It's an example of the left-wing polls that are designed to make us feel bad and give up. So my guess is, in the end, that Trump will carry Wisconsin. He will then carry Michigan by a surprising margin, and we will elect John James, who is an extraordinarily attractive Senate candidate. We may also, by the way, elect Jason Lewis, who is the Senate candidate in Minnesota. And again, it's a sign of how that state is shifting, that the Democrat incumbent senator cannot get above about 45% of these polls. So while she's technically ahead of Jason, she can't get to 50%. And there's a good there's a good rule that if you're the incumbent, the votes tend to break against you in Senate races and House races. Not as true for the presidency for other reasons. 
So coming, swinging back around, Ohio, I think, is going to be solidly Trump. Missouri will be solidly Trump. Colorado, I'm afraid we may lose, which is really sad because we have a great candidate running for re-election there in Cory Gardner. I hope he can, I think he'd have to run three or four points ahead of Trump to win. Mm-hmm. I hope he can do it. He's a great candidate. He's been a great senator. And his opponent, former Governor Hickenlooper, has some real weaknesses, both on ethics issues and on dealing with China. I think we will carry Arizona. And in the process, I think McSally will get reelected. She'll beat Mark Kelly, the astronaut. She's had four astronauts endorse her against Kelly. And Kelly has a problem of doing business in China, which has been eating him up. And he has some other minor problems. New Mexico is one that's up, in my judgment, up in the air. I was not have listed New Mexico except for Biden having come out on fracking and oil and gas. The southern third of New Mexico is very heavily oil and gas. And Trump is doing better with Hispanics everywhere. So it is conceivable. Mr. Speaker, I don't know if I would agree that it's a long shot, especially I I wrote a piece for (laughs) BotMovie.com, which I encourage everyone to take a look at it. And I talk about the mysteries of the 2020 election and the the hidden Trump vote. We've seen a real dial-up of support for President Trump among Blacks and Hispanics, uh, Hispanic men, Black men. And he's over 30, I think it's 35% when it comes to Hispanics. And we're talking about for a certain age group, those who are 45 and under. And certainly the dynamics have changed when it comes to Black folks in general. 8% is what he got in 2016, 12% of Black men. And now we're looking at numbers well over 20%, according to what is 538. And I think those numbers are even higher, if I'm being honest with you, just from the energy that I'm continuing to consistently hear from the Black community, I think that there is uh, a, a desire to break the back of the Democratic Party, especially a young, among young people, because Democrats have not been addressing the issues of the, the Black community for decade after decade. And you get a guy by the name of Donald Trump who comes around and says, what do you have to lose? And I often switch that around and say, what do you have to gain? And we can talk about the policies, the First Step Act, Opportunity Zones, et cetera. It, it appears that... There's going to be something at least significant enough to make a a difference coming out of these communities. Do you disagree with that? No. In fact, I'd be very curious before I tell you my analysis. What's the kind of language, what words do younger blacks use when they talk to you? About Trump and Biden, what are the descriptive words? Well, they like his demeanor. They like that he's anti-establishment. They appreciate those things. When I hear from black folks on Joe Biden, they often talk about the 94 crime bill. You ain't black. If people remember that, when he said that to Charlemagne the God, the radio show host, he said, if you have a problem figuring out if you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black, which was incredibly insulting. But he said numerous other things that have been insulting to Black folks over the years, he didn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. It's a lot of things that he has said, which I think his candidacy is the supreme insult to black folks, Joe Biden, that is. So it's it's really interesting to me how things are turning out. And I think personally, I'm actually writing about this now. Personally, I think it would be great if Donald Trump won in part because of the dial up of support in the black community, which I think forces both parties then to come to the table and say, here's our best deal. This Democrats, this is the best deal, Republicans. Now, who do you choose? We need to make the black vote competitive again. And it hasn't been since LBJ said he'll have these N-words voting Democrat for over 200 years. When I first arrived in Georgia, 
in the 1960 campaign, 60% of the African-Americans in Atlanta voted Republican because the Democrats were the party of segregation. And then John F. Kennedy helped get Martin Luther King Jr. out of prison in Albany, Georgia. And that galvanized the black community. And literally in two years, they had switched so that they were 60% Democrat two years later. So these things can happen. If, If suddenly there's a conversation in the community, I'm told that Trump's answer at the debate, when he Mm -hmm. went through the prison reform bill, he went through historically black colleges and universities, he went through help with 8,000 opportunity zones in poor neighborhoods, and and he walked through the unemployment level, the the lowest level of unemployment in the history of the United States for African-Americans was in February. And when you added all these things up, I'm told that literally the next day, yep. there was about a 20-point shift in favorability. And you know why they haven't heard it. 92% of the media uh, is negative against Trump. That's the reason. So he, he used his platform very well in that final debate. I think that's right. And I think that that's part of why I'm optimistic. I think, again, you, you never really know these things, but having been in lots of campaigns, when you're in the middle of a campaign, you're surrounded by people who agree with you. So you can very easily talk yourself into the idea that we're going to win. And in fact, those are only the people immediately around you. It's a huge country. There are 330 million Americans. And so I might see 35 people and think that's a cross-section. I'm always reminded of two stories about that. One is the candidate who was going around knocking on doors and talking to voters. And he finally reaches this one door. And this guy shows up with a can of beer in his hand wearing a T-shirt. And looks down at him and the guy says, uh, I'm, I'm running for state legislature. And this guy sort of belches and says, you're really that guy? He said, that guy is such a stupid, unbelievably dumb. Said, I, I can't believe you're really him. And slams and slams the door. And so as the candidate walks off, he marks the list, <laughs> undecided. When you're the candidate, you yeah. have such a will to be optimistic. Uh, the other example I had that Mike Deaver, who was Reagan's communications director, uh, used to tell the story that every once in a while, Jim Baker would call him. Uh, Baker would, was Reagan's chief of staff and then secretary of the treasury and secretary of state. And uh, Baker would call him and say, like, people have been talking about maybe I should run for president. And Deaver would say, flying first class again, are we, Jim? Because people who flew first class would identify with Baker whose earliest memory was waking up on his grandfather's railroad car. Wow. But average everyday people, the people who elected Reagan, had no clue who Baker was and didn't particularly want somebody who was an aristocratic lawyer from Houston to be the next president. So just an example of the psychology. So I may be suffering from it because I'm so (laughs) intensely pro-Trump. But my gut instinct is looking at, and I look at data all day, every day, seven days a week, I think that there's a migration towards Trump right now. I think it's accelerating. The report on Thursday that we were at 33% increase, annualized increase in the gross domestic product. That is such an enormous jump that it's very hard for me to look at that kind of data and not conclude that in the end Trump's going to win. And I think probably going to win much bigger than yeah, anybody I, I agree expects. with you on that. No, I'm just interested in your point of view on this because Democrats, 
I think ever since you've been involved in policies, they've made every Republican just about to be uh, a racist. They've often said that I grew up believing that until I learned the truth and I began to research for myself. How big of a part will race play in this race? Because they really are riding and trained on that thing all day long. I'm talking about the Democrats and in terms of calling Donald Trump a racist. I think that the Democratic leadership is terrified. They have used racist. Remember that up until the mid-1960s, yes. the Democrats were the party of segregation. You know, so if you're going to and talk Jim about Crow. racist stuff through the 1960s, Jim Crow, the, one, of the, one of the Democratic Senate leaders had been a, a leader in the Ku Klux Klan and had a very eloquent uh, statement about him by Joe Biden about how wonderful he was. Yep. So they couldn't attack us as racists during that period because they yeah. were literally the racists. And then they discovered that if they didn't have some new thing, they needed tools to attack us with. And they needed tools that, that would block the black community from thinking. Because the truth was the Democratic leadership wasn't delivering. They weren't delivering on jobs. They weren't delivering on public safety. They weren't delivering on education reform. And they couldn't because their ideology and their interest groups basically had them in handcuffs. So they had to find some really mm -hmm. powerful emotional attack, which would allow them mm -hmm. to scare everybody back together. And they could say to you, all right, so we didn't get the pothole fixed in your street, but those other guys are racist. Or, yeah, the child down the street was shot in a drive-by shooting, but those guys, other guys are racist. And their hope was that if you could yell racist long enough, that it would let people would stop thinking. And what's happened, I think, I don't know how much this is Trump and how much is just the natural end of a cycle. But what's begun to happen is people are saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that all of these failures are because of the people who aren't in charge. And all the people who are in charge should be mm -hmm. reelected, even though they're total failures. And that's beginning to lead, I think, to real tension in communities around the country as Younger people are yeah. really deeply dissatisfied yeah. with what they're seeing. And they're saying to the old order, look, if you guys can't deliver, I'm not sticking with you. And that, if I were a liberal Democrat right now, I would be terrified by the numbers they're seeing on both African-Americans yeah. and I'm sure that and they are. And we know when you mention young people, we talk about Generation Z. There's 25 million of them who have become voting age in this particular cycle. So there's a lot that's going on. And we've seen a high number of young f folks that are, are participating in this lunch election in the early vote. Now, let me ask you this question. So in 2016, early votes, and we're talking about absentee votes in, say, the, the state of Pennsylvania, I think there was about 80,000 of those. This last primary this year, there was over 1.5 million and now we're seeing, what, 70 million plus mail-in votes that are going in. And, of course, people in about seven states, they can change their votes. I think Michigan and Wisconsin are two of those states, right. two of the big swing states where they can change their vote. Are you concerned about voter fraud? And President Trump has said if he loses, that's going to be the reason because of voter fraud. Are you concerned about that? Yeah, I'm particularly concerned in Philadelphia, which is the center of voter theft in America. I'm concerned in Nevada where the Democrat governor and legislature have changed the rules to make it almost impossible 
to have an effectively honest election. So there are places where I'm very concerned. I'm concerned in California where they have really uh, developed this whole ability to vote harvest, where you send people out and they basically say, look, I'll be glad to take your, your ballot to the votes. You can imagine you go into a nursing home and you got uh, 50, 60, 70 people who really aren't paying much attention to the news anymore. And this nice guy comes in and offers to help them. And then that nice guy gets to mark the ballots. And that's a, that to me is a real concern. Do you think it a real impact on the election? Do you think it may? I think the challenge for Trump mm-hmm. is to win big enough that they can't steal it. And that's, that's the nature of the game. I think we've learned a lot of this. If, in fact, we do win this year, we'll be much more aggressive in insisting on having honest elections and having honest accountability. And I, I would think that a newly reelected President Trump would have some kind of election. Yeah, I, I would hope that he would, because it seems as though we can see some legitimate issues from here on out, because folks after this particular cycle are going to get comfortable voting by mail, I think, especially when you see the long lines tomorrow. If you're going to wait in line for 10 hours to vote, then you may say, forget it. Next time, I'm just going to vote by mail. Mr. Speaker, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you a few questions from some of our listeners. Please stick with us. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. In this portion, I want to get to questions from our listeners. I went on Twitter and social media in general, and I encourage everybody to follow, of course, Speaker Newt Gingrich on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, me at Gianno Caldwell on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as well. And I put out a request to folks to send in questions because, of course, when you have the great Speaker Newt Gingrich in your miss, you want to 
get as much out of them as possible, as many questions um, answered. And I got a good question from Glenn in California, and it reads, even if Trump wins, won't we still be facing the same problems as a country in 2024? How do we correct course if 50 percent of Americans want to change their country? I think, look, you have to face the fact that this is going to go on for a while and that we're going to have to develop new solutions to deal with new challenges. I suspect there will be a bill next year that will make it necessary for people who want to fund terrorism and who want to fund violence and looting, that they've got to file where the money comes from. And that, I think, will be a great shock to some people. I suspect in the long run, we'll make it illegal to fund a group who overtly wants to go out and either kill police or burn up uh, neighborhoods, et cetera. We'll just say that's an unacceptable approach. There's a professor, George Mason, which is a generally conservative school, who has been arguing that they're going to have an insurrection against the government. That comes very close to treason, and it's certainly sedition. And I think that you'll see us get much tougher as a country just in defending ourselves because these people are going to be so radical, they won't give us any choice except to defend ourselves. My gosh. Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment there. I got another question here actually directed at me from Debbie in Maryland. And it reads, if Trump wins, what should he and his cabinet do to grow the number of African-American Republicans into a real movement? I'm going to give my thoughts, but I also would be interested in what you have to say, Speaker. So Debbie in Maryland, here are my thoughts. It's been an interesting ride and a way that black Americans have been educated on the history of the Democratic Party. And as of late, I think we've seen a number of young people have really dialed into that history. And now they can see the distinctions between both parties, which is good news because the Republican Party started in 1854, was in opposition to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which wanted to expand slavery. And Republicans have been a part of every civil rights bill since. So since they um, started as a party and we saw Abraham Lincoln free the slaves and we saw even LBJ's civil rights bill, it was Republicans in the Senate that helped pushed it forward. So I would say in terms of Donald Trump, who's paid an enormous amount of energy and attention to the black community, we've seen groups like Blexit. We've seen groups who are leaving the Democratic Party in droves. People are absolutely waking up. And what I would say, whether win or lose by Donald Trump, the Republican Party should absolutely pick up the baton and continue to invest in communities like they did with uh, Kimberly Clasick of Baltimore. And by the way, she's been on Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell, so check out that episode. And they should continue to invest in places where we normally don't see Republicans. You can't say we should change the party if you're not investing in the actual change. So those are my thoughts. What do you think, Speaker? I think, first of all, this is one of the things you're not going to see in the elite media. There are 43 African-American candidates for Congress this year in the Republican Party, a number of whom are clearly going to win. So we'll have the largest delegation of African-Americans in the Republican Party since Reconstruction. We also, I th- I personally believe John James is going to win in Michigan, which will give us our second African-American senator. I think we have a whole new generation of talent coming along that I think is very exciting. And of course, you're a part of that. as part of why we are so excited to set up these podcasts, because we really think that we're right at the cusp of a moment to have 
new conversations with new people, approaching things in new ways. And you certainly fit that in every possible way. And I'm really looking forward to the kind of guests you're going to bring forward, the kind of education you're going to offer people who listen to the podcast. I'm very optimistic. Now, I also happen to think that the odds are much better that Trump will get reelected than people think. And so I'm very comfortable basing what I'm doing on a premise that in I would say in seven out of 10 futures, he's the next president. Wow. That's, those are some great odds. And I've been seeing you all over the channel, which we're both colleagues over at Fox News Channel, really providing an explanation. And it, it just always begs the question, how could the polls be so flawed? I understand why they were flawed in 2016, because pollsters only polled people who voted in the previous two elections. Now you have an enormous amount of people who've come out to support Trump in 2016. So now there's a bit of an update and I'm hearing that there's even more folks who didn't vote in the previous election that have came out that didn't vote. So then technically three elections that that are out now. How do you think the polls are so flawed? I think the polls are flawed partially because the, and I want to draw a distinction. There are, there are four or five polls that I can recommend that I think are actually pretty good. Trafalgar is one of them. Susquehanna is another one. Insider Advantage is a third one. I would say Rasmussen about 80% of the time tends to be pretty good. Zogby about 80% of the time is pretty good. The Institute of Democracy, which is a joint British-American operation, is pretty good. So I look at those, and then I look at things like which party has registered more people. And you find in almost every state that in the last four years, we've registered more Republicans than Democrats. I'm looking at things now when we're just a day out and I've been analyzing who's actually already voted. Well, it turns out in state after state, we are doing much better than we were in 16. Now, that doesn't mean we're always outvoting the Democrats, but it means that the margin of their advantage is smaller. And then I would say that there are two huge problems with the what I'll call the socially liberal pollsters. The first is that they refuse to try to find ways of identifying people who will not tell you the truth. When you have a candidate who's being attacked by the news media relentlessly, people just won't mm-hmm. tell you they're going to vote for him, mm-hmm. but they'll go vote for him. And interestingly, the University of Southern California, LA Times people, figured out if they ask you, what are your neighbors? What are your neighbors likely to do? And if they ask you, who do you think is likely to win? And then they take those two as indicators of how you would vote if you're being honest. They've done this now for about 12 years, and they consistently get more accurate mm-hmm. than just saying who are you going to vote for. And they just came out last week and said that they mm-hmm. believe Trump will carry the electoral wow. college and be reelected. So there are a lot of things moving in that direction, but. Part of my answer is I read endlessly. I try to read everything I can find, and I'm always open to some idea or some piece of data that uh, shakes up my preconceptions because the world's big and complicated and changing constantly. Wow, thank you for that. And I I know we got to let you go, but I got one last question from um, the listeners. This one comes from Joey in Chicago, and it reads, In the state of the country where you see black men who are shot unarmed 
What is it that we can do the whole law enforcement more accountable? And I got some thoughts on that, especially when we're talking about police reform, which Senator Tim Scott certainly put forth and the Democrats blocked it so they can continue to they can run on it for this particular election, which was extraordinarily insane to me. And it shows you that black lives don't matter to Democrats. Black votes do. And I'm really interested in, in getting your take on this speaker, because I think a lot of people are concerned. I'm not talking about like a situation in Philadelphia, which happened last week where you had the young man with the knife that was lunging at the two police officers that shot him or the guy in Atlanta where you had he had a, a taser. He got the taser from the police officer and they shot him. Not those instances, but legitimate instances where police did the wrong thing. How do you hold those individuals accountable? Is it legislatively or what do we do? I, I think that the key to that is to recognize that you have to be vigilant as a citizen and the citizens have to come together. And part of it is just is to just say, don't feed me baloney. I watched this interview in front of the U.S. Senate where the head of Twitter came in and the stuff he was saying was just crazy, totally dishonest. And finally, Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, couldn't take it anymore. And he broke in and, and slight violation of Senate language rules, mm -hmm. said, who in the hell do you think you are? You're not an elected official. You, nobody gave you this power or this authority. I think all of us, and I, I'll tell you, we've been living through a public health dictatorship. And I think presently people are going to start standing up for their rights. They're going to say, wait a second, under the First Amendment, I have the right to, to protest. I have the right to petition. I have the right to assemble. I have the right to free speech. I have the right to religion. And I'm not going to let any governor use some excuse to take away my constitutional liberty. We are, we are very few months away from that becoming a movement much bigger. In, in terms are. of holding police accountable, is that a legislative move? Is it Should that happen in a vehicle? No, I, I think it's, I, I, let me draw a distinction. First of all, I think mm -hmm. individuals have to hold people accountable. Second, I believe every policeman okay. should be wearing a body camera. And I think that should be integral to their job and that we should have an automatic ability to review an incident and try to figure out what really happened. And I think if people, if that were done quickly, uh, because one of our problems now is because of defense attorneys and various court decisions, it takes too long to get to the facts. And we need to have some ability within a few hours so that communities begin to relax and say, mm -hmm. they're actually gonna come out and tell us the truth. Before and the rioting You've got to have video before the rioting starts. And you've got to say, give us three hours or give us four hours. We're going to report to you. But you can't say, give us seven yeah. weeks. People just yeah. won't tolerate it. Yeah. Then the other thing I think, the other thing is, if I can please, uh, please, be please. so blunt as, as an older white guy, the black community's got to stand up and say, if somebody is approaching a policeman with a gun or a knife, Absolutely. they are putting their own life in danger. So it's not so it's not this one sided policeman shot a man last night. Well, yes, he's a man who was was coming at them with a knife, who had openly said he wanted to kill some policemen. And yeah. frankly, the cops were probably scared. Speaker, and, and, and what I'm hearing you say, I, I get you loud and clear. And I think President, uh, not President, maybe President one day, Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, his, his legislation on police <laughs> reform be. would provide exactly that body cams. And that would be. 
a great vehicle for calming the community and ensuring that there's justice for all. Thank you for your analysis on that. And I want to thank you for coming on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell and certainly for believing in me, as I mentioned, and bringing a providing a platform for me to get my thoughts out and bring folks in who are very distinguished like yourself to, to yeah. get their thoughts on the national dialogue, whether it be politics, culture, or just uh, a fun topic. I'm very thankful to you and Miss Debbie Myers, my other executive producer. Giano, I'm very impressed with how well you're doing. I'm very excited by what you're doing and everything we can do to be helpful. We're wow. going to do because that we believe in you so deep. The Speaker of the House of Representatives back in the 90s, Speaker Newt Gingrich, thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to continuing to push forth and make you proud. Thank you, sir. A big thank you to Speaker Newt Gingrich for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O, Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at Gingrich360, and I'll try to answer them in future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about me, please get my latest book, Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Calabria, researcher, Aaron Klingman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and of course, speaker, Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.